Welcome to Together for Salem, episode 24. We don't have time! We don't have time! We don't have time! running why are we running i don't know i don't know either west comma running i don't know because it's national dog day happy national dog day comma this week and for you out there yes in viewer is this our listening welcome? land this is our welcome welcome to episode 24 welcome. this is our 24th episode of together for salem wow 24 yeah we've made it looks like this day. far <laughs> you should sing more yeah. that's great so welcome we are here, Monica, Aaron, we are here on behalf of Cross Creek Community Church, which is designed from the bottom up to be a church for people who don't normally go to church. And welcome to our podcast or video, however you're consuming our content. Yeah, but there are people who listen and don't get to see any of this. So oh, that's... Thanks for listening. We're glad you're with us. And they're better off for it. <laughs> Just kidding. We're going to do this quickly because we're going to get to John. Yeah. Um, we have a giveaway to give away mm -hmm. this week. To Oregon Axe Company, they have two locations. There's one in Springfield, there's one in Salem. Mm. Super great, 25 bucks gets you 90 minutes and we're giving away 90 minutes of axe throwing. There's like 30 minutes of teaching and then 60 minutes of game and just throwing an axe at a bullseye. Yep. And congratulations to <laughs> Emily R. Yes. Emily R, thanks for entering our social media giveaway this week. You're our lucky winner. Uh -huh. Random giveaway, Oregon Axe Company. It'd be awesome if when you went, you actually took some video of you sticking the axe in the target. Oh yeah, yeah slow-mo. That'd be super bad A. You should do that. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Um, and also, uh, speaking of that, we want to also say there is content for kids. Oh Thank yeah. you for censoring. There's also bad A content for kids. Uh, there's content for kids on our website. Hit our website. Um, your kids will enjoy uh, the videos um, that we put out there. They're mm. different every week. We don't put out the content. But thank you to Life Church for putting out the content for our kids. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great way for your kids to learn about their friend Jesus mm -hmm. and how awesome he is. So check that out if you haven't checked it out yet. That's true. And that's it for us. Yeah. We're gonna head up, pass it over to John. Into the fog. So here we are at the end of our Into the Unknown series. And maybe you've been waiting for it. So here you go. Into the unknown. You're welcome. But it's a weird time. It is an unknown time. Things are really confusing. It's almost like we're in this still for, I don't know, how long has this been going on? Almost what, six, seven months of just this fog of, of being in this unknown, who knows what tomorrow holds type of existence. Uh, we don't, schools, Right? We kind of have an idea what's going on. Things are about to ramp up. Teachers are having their meetings and trying to figure out the technology and all that. But it's still pretty unknown what work's going to look like in six months. Who knows? It's, it's foggy. Family, friendships, society has been really just what's going to happen next? What's going to hit the news next? We don't know what's coming next. It's this fog of the unknown. And Maybe you've seen this on the news. Maybe you've seen it in your family. Maybe you've experienced it yourself. But this unknown creates fear. And we've seen this fear really played out in a lot of different ways of uh, people getting angry, of people um, just kind of shutting down and 
they're just kind of changing their relationships. You see it on social media a lot. If you're if you're on social media, just people wanting to find something to fight about just because they're in this unknown thing. And here's here's kind of what we've seen with all of this. Fear of the unknown affects everything we know. Fear of the unknown affects everything that we do know. It affects our relationships. Like I said, it affects our, our jobs, our school, our families. It This fear affects everything about us. And so as we're going through this unknown, as we're trying to chart a path through the unknown, we've looked at a few stories. So we've looked at the story of Abram, uh, who's later Abraham. And what we saw in that first story was that the first step into the unknown is trust. And then we went a little bit further into Abraham's story with uh, his slave girl, Hagar. And what we saw there was that trusting that we are known by God gives us confidence in the unknown. So the first step is trust, but then trusting that we are known actually gives us confidence in the unknown, kind of starts taking away that fear. And then last week, Aaron talked about Joseph. And he said that in this unknown, we, have, we actually do have a choice. We have a choice between three things, that we can either fight the unknown, we can do nothing and just let life happen, or we can trust God and lovingly act and actually make a difference in the unknown. And I think those are... Obviously, I think those are great things, but sometimes they're a little abstract, right? This trust thing, the, you know, what do we actually do? Because daily life starts hitting us after we turn off the episode, and we're like, oh, you know, that was so good. I just feel so much better now. And then real life hits you. And then you turn on the news or you, you realize you still have kids and you got to deal with that. It's, it gets confusing. Life is too real. Right? And how do we know what to do? We, I, like, how do I know what to do right now? I barely understand what's happening right now, let alone what the future is going to look like. I'm just trying to survive, right? I just, I have this family I got to take care of. I've got my own needs to worry about. And you want me just to like trust and then lovingly act to change things and make things better. I mean, I'm, you, you've, you've seen this. Every, it feels like every side in any conversation lately is forcing you to pick their side and saying, hey, you need to stand up for this. No, you need to fight for that. The future of society depends on how you decide right now about this one thing. It's overwhelming. It is, there's so much coming that it's this fog of the unknown. And so what do we do? How can we possibly know the right path into this unknown future? Well, I think what will help is a clear purpose. We need a clear purpose because a clear purpose provides a path through the hazy unknown. A clear purpose provides a path through the hazy unknown. So we're going to take this story of God's people that we saw with uh, Abraham, Hagar, and Joseph, and we're going to move the story ahead about, oh, just 2,000 years. And we're going to look at Jesus's disciples, the, the 12 guys that were his main followers. Actually, it's going to be 11, and we'll get to that in a second. But so we have these, these 11 guys, they're Abraham's descendants, living in that promised land that God promised Abraham, but this land's been conquered by Rome, and they're, they're living under the authority of the Roman Empire, the actual Caesar. And so they decided, hey, this, this Jesus guy, he, he seems to be the promised one, the one that is going to, is going to free Israel from the Roman occupation, the one that's actually going to fulfill the promise of Abraham. We're going to follow Jesus. He's the one that's going to set up this kingdom. It's going to bless the world. And then they follow him for about three years and Jesus gets crucified. The religious leaders 
and the Roman powers work together and they crucify Jesus. But three days later, there's this report that um, Jesus isn't still dead. Like, he, he was dead. They saw him die. John was there when Jesus died. But now the, the women that followed Jesus with them are coming back and saying, no, Jesus is alive. Peter and John run off and go look at the tomb and it's empty. And they, they are like, what is going on here? And they're in this, you got to kind of put yourself in this story, is that they are just these small-time fishermen, tax collector. They have no power. And the two greatest powers in their area, the two greatest powers of their time, the, the Jewish religious leaders of the temple and the Roman Empire have both just killed their leader. So if they killed Jesus, who did all these miracles, what chance do they have to stand up to this, this power going on? And so they have this unknown future. They have no idea what life is going to be. This is not what they thought life would be like. They thought they were going to get to rule with Jesus when Jesus took over the empire. And so they're saying, what do we do? Some of them tried to fight it, like Peter tried to cut off a guy's ear. That, you know, that didn't work out too well. A lot of them are leaning towards doing nothing. We see that in some of the accounts where they go back to their old fishing ways. But here's the thing. Jesus had other plans for them. And so here's, here's what happens. Then the 11 disciples, it was 12, but Judas betrayed Jesus and then went and killed himself. The 11, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When the women saw Jesus resurrected, he said, hey, tell my, tell my disciples to go meet me in Galilee. So they, they told the disciples and the disciples listened to them. And so they went to uh, the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, which... They worshiped Jesus, meaning they worshiped Jesus as God. And Jesus didn't say, hey, no, 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 no. You know, I'm just, I'm just an angel or I'm just a really, you know, good teacher. No, he accepted that worship. So that's one another of the proof where why I believe Jesus was God and why Jesus admitted he was God. He accepted worship of his followers. Anyway, so when they saw him, they worshiped him. But check this out, so real. But some of them doubted. They saw Jesus die, right? And so like, really? Is this really you? Like, I saw you die. And dead people don't come back to life. That, maybe you think, I mean, that's fact, right? It was, it's been fact since the history of the world began. When somebody dies, they're gone. And so they're seeing Jesus, but they're not even believing he's actually there. And so maybe you have a hard time believing that Jesus actually died and came back to life. If that's you, you are in good company because these guys are looking at him and they still find it hard to believe. In fact, I think actually believing Jesus was back from the dead, it was a process for them. You see it when you read the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' resurrection. It takes a while for them to believe he's actually alive. In fact, he has to like, when he appears to them, he says, hey, do you guys have anything to eat? He has to like eat some fish to prove that he's not a ghost because apparently ghosts don't eat fish. And so the story goes on. So Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And so these, these guys, they're facing this crazy, hazy, unknown future. And Jesus says, look, guys, I know this is, it's hard to believe what's happening right now. It's hard to believe what's happened in the last three days. But you can trust me. I just proved it. Right? You saw me die, and now here I am alive. You can trust me. I am God. I have all 
power. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. All is a lot. There's, there's nothing missing there. He has all the authority in heaven and on earth. And so he's saying, you can trust me because that is who I am and that is the, the extent of my power. And so if you remember from our first episode in this series, it was it, this point. The first step into the unknown is trust. And Jesus is saying, you can trust me. If you think about it, the fear of the unknown, the fact that we fear what's going on or what, what might happen, is a fear of loss of control. We talked about that too. It's a fear of losing control that we can get what we want. Losing control of uh, getting to have the life that we wanted to have, the, that life, trying to make life what we wanted it to be. Fear of losing control of what's going to happen to our kids or what's going to happen to our country. Something we, things we never had control over in the first place, but when the future gets unknown, things get hazy, we feel that loss of control even stronger. And so we fear the unknown. But when we understand who Jesus really is, that he has all authority in heaven and on earth, and then we choose to trust him because he has that, that fear of the unknown starts losing its grip. It starts losing its power. And we start seeing something differently. We start seeing life differently. We start seeing a purpose bigger than us, a purpose bigger than trying just to keep or protect what, what we have. See, a lot of this fear comes from just trying to hang on to what we, what we have, what we think makes our life secure. But when we realize who Jesus is and that we can trust him, that, that desire to hang on starts losing its power. And with that trust comes something else too. See, trust clarifies our purpose. And I'll talk about, well, we'll explain that in a second. But here's the thing. Jesus shows he has a bigger purpose in mind than anything these guys imagined. See, they thought the purpose of all of this was just to start a new, a new kingdom, to, to fix their country the way it should be, that they were going to get power and that life was going to be good finally and that they were going to be secure. He, Jesus shows that he actually has a plan even bigger than that, a purpose even bigger than that. And so here's what Jesus says. <clears throat> he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And because of that, or therefore, this is what I want you to do. I have all this authority and here's what we're going to do with it, guys. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, all the nations, not just the Jewish nation, not just the Arabian people, but all the nations, all colors of the human race. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, not hope for this, not, you know, try really hard to feel this, but be sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, be sure of this. I am with you always. The one who has all authority in heaven and earth. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So these disciples, their future is hazy. It's unknown. But Jesus gives them a purpose. He says, go. Not, you know, stick, sit back, stick around. And, you know, talk about my teachings and make a religion. Make some nice rituals and rules that you can do once a week and will make you feel really comfortable and safe. And, you know, you'll, you'll get your, your religion cup filled once a week and then you can make it through the rest of the week. He didn't say that. He didn't say just make a religion. He said, go. Go and tell what has happened. Not 
start a religion, just tell people what happened. Tell people that I was alive, I said I would die and come back again, I died and then I came back again. Tell them what happened, tell them what that means. Tell them that I am God who came and died for them so that we can be together, so that the evil or the, the pain that they've caused others is now forgiven because I took that punishment. Tell them of the significance of my death and resurrection. And then tell them what it actually means to follow me. That it's not about a religion, but it's about a life lived following Jesus. Because he says, teach all that I've commanded. Well, what did Jesus command? See, that makes it sound like there's all these different rules we have to follow, right? No, it's not that complicated. What did Jesus command? Two commands of God. Love God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And he says, go and tell people that because I died and rose again, those are the two commands. That's how you live your life, by loving God and loving others. In fact, the Apostle Paul, a few years later, would, would uh, say it this way. The only thing that counts, Paul says, the only thing, the only thing that counts is faith, or we like the word trust, is faith expressing itself through love. You could forget all the other rules, but if you have trust in Jesus, a trust that expresses itself through love, then you're on the right track. And so Jesus says, go, go and tell others about the commands of loving God, loving others. And so I like to, re I like to remember it with go, G, loving God, and O, others. Go tell about loving God and others. That you are loved by God, that he proved that through Jesus living and dying and rising again for us. And now you can love through his love. And I like this phrase that I've, I've heard recently. It's, it sounds weird at first, but the, the goal is to be, or the, the opportunity is to be a blessing people. To be a group of people that blesses the world, that blesses others. It's, it's a continuation of the, the promise to Abraham where God told him, trust me and I will bless the world through you. And now the followers of Jesus are continuing that promise to be a blessing people to the world. <clears throat> and so Jesus gives the disciples a purpose. It's what God's purpose has been all along. It's the whole point of Jesus coming to bring his people back into relationship with himself, to, to tell people that God is not mad at you. God is not disinterested in you. He loves you so much that he is pursuing you and will not ever give up in getting you back to him and to knowing that you are loved by him. It's a purpose that was bigger than them, bigger than any nation, bigger than any empire. See, this purpose wasn't about them. It wasn't about their rights or just their people, their race, their country. It wasn't even about them getting power in order to change society for what should be right. That wasn't the point at all in this. He gave them a purpose bigger than all of that. And a purpose that's bigger than us removes the fear of what the unknown will take away from us. A purpose that's bigger than us removes the fear of what the unknown could actually take away from us. See, if we trust that Jesus has all power, has all authority, and that we trust that he knows us and that he loves us, then we can live for a purpose bigger than ourselves. Because we don't have to worry about what will happen to us because he's in control. He has all the power. He knows us. So whatever happens to us, he's in control of. He's in control of the unknown. 
So Jesus says to them, you, you might not know what's, what's going to happen next. In fact, I know you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next, but you can trust me. If you trust me, you can keep your purpose clear and you'll know where your next step is. You might not know the whole journey, but if you trust me and keep your purpose clear, you'll at least know your next step. And so the rest of the story is this. They trusted him. They believed him. I mean, he, they saw him die. They saw him alive. And so they believed that he did have all authority in heaven and on earth. And so they went and they told others that it's not about religion. It's not about obeying all the rules. It's not about making sure God notices you. He already knows you. He already loves you. He came and made a way for us to be together with him. And so they went and they changed the entire world in a world that was constantly changing for them. They didn't know where, they didn't even know where the next meal was coming from at times. There was so much unknown. Most of them were killed for telling this story that Jesus died and arose again. They were actually stoned with rocks to their faces. They starved. They were hated by people around them, but they stayed focused on their purpose on the purpose Jesus gave them because they knew they could trust the God who knew them. They knew they could trust God who knew them. And here's the exciting part and the scary part is that you are invited. You are invited to the very same life of purpose. You're invited to a life bigger than yourself. You're invited to a life that cuts through the fog and cuts through the fear of the unknown. You are invited to walk boldly where others can only dream of tiptoeing. You are invited to bring love, to bring joy, to bring peace into every life around you, no matter how hazy the future is. And the first step in all of this is to trust. You're invited to trust. Trusting that Jesus is who he said he was. That he was God in a body. 100% God, 100% human. That he was sent to show us the depth of God's love all the way to death. A death that paid for the consequences of all the hurt we've caused. Think about your past. I don't know you. I might know some of you. But I don't know everything you've done. But I know there's nothing you can do right now <clears throat> to change your past. It happened. The hurt you've caused has already happened. You right now cannot do anything to change that. You can apologize, you can make amends, but that hurt still happened, right? The only thing that can take that away is a consequence, is a, is a fine, if you will. Jesus' death is what pays that fine. He paid it for us. That's what Jesus said he, would, he, he did. That's who Jesus said he was, the one who pays that fine. And so trusting Jesus is trusting that he will do what he says he will do. First of all, pay that fine. And he said he, he would die and he wouldn't stay dead. And then he didn't. So then why would he lie about the other things he said? About never leaving us. About empowering us to love others through his love. So you are invited to trust that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. And if you can choose to trust that, remember trust is a choice. If you can choose to trust that, then you are invited to accept the greatest purpose in history. 
you are invited to be a continuation of the promise God gave Abraham 4,000 years ago. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he, he put it this way. And now that you belong to Christ, now that you have chosen to trust Jesus, you are the true children of Abraham. You are heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Both the righteousness through faith, the, the trusting of Jesus that makes you right with God, that is part of the promise you have by trusting Jesus. You are an heir to that promise. But the other part of it too about being a blessing to the world. See, God wasn't just talking about the Jewish race blessing the world. He was talking about everyone who believes and is made perfect with God through trust in Jesus would be a blessing to the world. You watching are invited to be part of a community that is a blessing people, a people who are a blessing to their community, to their neighbors, to their world. You're invited to have a purpose that is no longer about you but doing good for or blessing others. You are invited to share the love of Jesus with actions and with words. A purpose that, that lets you chart a clear course through the unknown. See, a, a purpose bigger than you provides a path through your big unknowns. A purpose bigger than you actually provides a path through the big unknowns. Here's some examples. Something I've, I've been asked a few times in the last few months. <clears throat> How do I respond to people I disagree with? Great question. Especially when things are just so heated right now and people are so passionate. How do I respond to people I disagree with? What is your life's purpose? What is your purpose? If your purpose is something about you and what you want, you know how you'll respond? You'll probably cancel them. You might block them. You might fight them. You might just be full of worry and fear. You might refuse to even be friends with them because they disagree with you. Because you just can't handle being disagreed with because darn it, you are right. But you know what? If your purpose is bigger than you, if your great purpose of life is sharing Jesus' love, then how do you respond when people disagree with you? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Could you imagine what social media would be like? Could you imagine what politics would be like if that was people's purpose to show Jesus' love and that they would respond to people they disagree with, with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control? It would be an entirely different world. Or this, what do I do in the face of all this turmoil? Like, what do I actually do in all of this? Everything seems to be falling apart. Well, if your purpose is you and what you want, well, you probably hunker down. Or you turn a blind eye to the needs around you because it doesn't really affect you. Or you fight for your rights over the rights of others. Or you fight whoever thinks differently than you. But if your purpose is to show people the truth of God's love, then you are actively on the lookout to help others. You're actively on the lookout on how you can bring peace and love and understanding to situations that desperately need it. So if you're willing to, to have that purpose in your life, here's, here's what I invite everyone to do this week. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, this is something I think you can try and see what happens. Just pray this week. I know if you don't pray, this might be weird, but you can do it in your head and nobody has to know you're doing it. But just wake up every day, maybe in the shower, 
When you're brushing your teeth, please brush your teeth every day. But when you're doing that, just pray this. God, show me how I can be a blessing person today. Show me maybe just in one way how I can bless somebody else today, how I can do good for somebody else. But if you're going to pray that prayer, then you need to be willing to be on the lookout for what that looks like. It's not always going to look the way you hope it looks. It's not always going to look the easy way. It's not going to look the way you thought it would look. But be willing to actually look for it and then follow through to being a blessing to somebody else. I mean, imagine what that would be like. Imagine having a trust that frees you to focus on a purpose bigger than yourself. It's freedom to focus on someone other than yourself. Imagine being free to be for others because you know God is for you. Imagine being that person that blesses others. Imagine knowing that no matter what the future holds, your purpose will never change. No matter what changes in society, your purpose will never change. And so you'll know how to choose the next best step because you're focused on your God-given purpose. Imagine looking back on a life that didn't fight the inevitable future, that wasn't paralyzed wishing for a different reality or a different life, but a life that was purposely and lovingly focused on acting for the better of others, a life that was a voice of truth and love and hope. You are invited. You are invited to trust, and you are invited to know that you are known. You are invited to act lovingly towards those around you. You are invited to the greatest purpose in history, leading people to the one person who can give them true life and true purpose. You are, in a, you are invited to adventure into the unknown. So have the courage to go. Love God. Love others by being for others. Tell people the truth of Jesus' love, of his death, and his resurrection, and its significance. Because a clear purpose makes the unknown an adventure to live, not a nightmare to fear. I want to leave you with something that Jesus said. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Let's go and adventure into the unknown together. Hey, welcome back. Thank you, John, for that. I want to be an adventurer. I want to go on an, a, an adventure, a fun adventure too. Mm, God, so yeah. I'm hoping I can live that out this week. Yeah. Yeah. God speaking of this week, he does. What are we gonna give away this week? Uh, speaking of adventures, mm-hmm. on Commercial Street, there's this really cool place called Tsunami Tap House. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned to our social media uh, channels for that giveaway, that chance to enter our random giveaway to Tsunami Tap House. Mm-hmm. It's got they've got 30 rotating taps. Um, they sell cans. There's um, the laid-back food shack, which is also on the premises, and it's got a cool coastal vibe yep. going at the tap house. So check it out. If you're 21 and older, you can enter that giveaway yeah. um, over on our social media. We'll be giving away 25 bucks, which That's is super fun. Easy. A great Salem place to hang. That's right. Because we are 
for Salem. We are for Salem. We want to love anyway. We want to love Salem. anyway for Salem. Yeah. Or we want to be a hashtag for Salem yeah. and love, love anyway, whatever. So that's our giveaway. Uh, we also want to let you know that on our webpage, um, we have a place for you to ask questions. Yes. If you've got questions about anything that John said or that he said or yeah. I said, right. uh, anyone, <laughs> questions about life, questions about the Bible, following Jesus, you can ask those on our webpage. Um, you can also hit us with a welcome form, our mm -hmm. welcome form, and we'll send you a free e-gift card just for saying hi. Yeah. We just want to thank you for watching. Yes. You watched this whole episode. Hopefully you didn't scrub through it. Maybe you watched John on one and a half speed, but you watched the whole episode. Fill out that welcome form. We'll send you an e-gift card just to say thanks for stopping in and saying hi. Mm -hmm. You can also ask questions there. Speaking of questions. Yeah, they're going to roll up right here. They are. But also next week, you want to like and subscribe oh, that's true. Um, to the YouTubes or the Facebooks if uh, you haven't for Cross Creek yet. Because next week is going to be really interesting and different for our 25th episode yeah. of Together for Salem. We're going to do some Q. Q. And A. We'll put the Q here. Because yeah. the Q is first. And yeah. A is second. So we're going to Q&A, do some Q&A with John. He's yeah. going to answer some of your um, hard-hitting questions that people have had over the yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, we're going to hit some pretty... Like, what is your favorite dessert? Not that one. Oh. But some interesting questions. Interesting questions, yeah. Yeah. And some tough questions that people often have about Christians and mm -hmm. following Jesus and church. And our church, actually, specifically, and too. Specifically Cross what our church yeah. believes about certain things. So mm -hmm. check that out next week. Q&A with John. Check out the questions coming up next that you can be answer in your connect groups or just here. with your buddy. No, they're going to be here over there. Oh, over yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, well. And we're going to go. Yeah, that way. Okay. Have a great you week. go that way. I love it. Okay, bye. Oh. That's just what he always said because in the time. show 24, yeah, there's 24. Yeah. Each episode was an hour, yeah, and so he's always trying to get somewhere. <laughs> we don't have time, <laughs> like every episode. <laughs>